From the Emerald Podcast Network, this is ASU-ONU, the podcast where we explain your student government. I'm Ryan Wynn, the podcast editor for the Daily Emerald, and this week we're going to be talking about the Chief of Staff. And with me today, I have... Oh, hi. I'm Tan Perkins, uh, ASUO Chief of Staff. How are you doing today, Tan? I'm doing pretty well, Ryan. How are you? I'm a little sick, but otherwise I am almost completely fine. (laughs) Almost. Almost completely fine. So to get us started, can you tell me what exactly does the Chief of Staff do in ASUO? Sure. Well, that question's actually a little bit complicated because it means something different every year, actually. Um, Every cabinet is different and they choose to utilize people differently. Um, So this year, chief of staff means that I support um, the uppermost of the ASUO executives, so the president and the two vice presidents. But in years past, um, especially last year, the chief of staff supported the entire cabinet. So, you know, it's under the executive's discretion to decide how they want to use the chief of staff. Um, And this year, that's just how I happen to be utilized. So before we go a little bit more into what the chief of staff actually does, what do you mean by it's up to the president's discretion as to how the chief of staff is used? What does that mean exactly? Yeah, so um, the president gets to, and the vice presidents as well, get to appoint folks to their cabinet. So the president and vice presidents are obviously elected officials, but the rest of the entire cabinet is appointed by the exec. So what that means when I say how the chief of staff is utilized is you can have the chief of staff in a very much like advisory role. So last year, Will Iverson, who was the chief of staff for um, Amy Shank, he was used where he did a lot of one-on-one check-ins with the entire cabinet um, and kind of was the liaison between the cabinet and the executive and was a point person for every person on the cabinet. This year, I'm utilized more to support just the president and the two vice presidents in a policy role and a financial advising role for like, you know, um, this year the deficit has been a big topic and also for whatever they might need. But I'm less involved in the entire cabinet. um, So we've made some changes with that. So what's that role like? The one I'm in now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's good. It's definitely good. Um, It is a lot of work, I will say. I plan our cabinet meetings and our directors meetings um, and stuff like that, make sure the agendas are all set, get our rooms uh, reserved and whatnot. And then I also go to whatever meetings I'm requested at. Sometimes folks like Maria um, want me to come with them when they have a meeting with President Schill um, about any topic and I'm there. I like to take minutes at it um, or just take notes generally. And then I give my input when I need to. So yeah, the role is very much uh, supporting Maria, Ivan, and Amani. And then uh, we've hired a staff director this year. It's a new position we, we created. And our staff director checks in with the rest of the cabinet and then reports to me about how the cabinet's doing. So we kind of um, made a new structure there with that. Just because Maria requested that I wouldn't do as many one-on-ones with the entire cabinet. So she, Amani, and Ivan could utilize me more. Yeah, so from my understanding, it sounds like the staff director kind of picked up 
the sort of tasks that you otherwise would be doing as a chief of staff like last year, yeah? Yeah, that's completely right. So Will Iverson, like I mentioned before, did a lot of those tasks in years past. And also other cabinets have had external chief of staffs and internal chief of staffs and things like that. So we just decided to do this other uh, avenue. So the chief of staff also is part of the cabinet then, right? Yeah, that's correct. Does that mean that the role is required? So um, it doesn't say anything necessarily about a requirement. It says that Maria, as the president, is allotted two vice presidents and a chief of staff. So that word is kind of vague. I don't know if required is the right word slash um, folks have gone times um, without chief of staffs when sometimes folks, you know, take a break or something like that. And there's also been other words for chief of staffs. So it's kind of hard to say if it's required, but I think the majority of administrations do utilize a chief of staff. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit more about what as chief of staff your day to day looks like? And what you spend a lot of your time doing, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. So um, I go to class and then I go to the office. So I'm in the ASU office when I can be. So pretty much when I'm not at my other job or in class. Um, And that includes, you know, you walk into an office and sometimes someone immediately has a question for me. And um, I sit down and work through something with them or I have meetings slated. So I can have a meeting with, you know, like the Senate president, the ASUO president, our vice presidents, and the chairs of every finance committee about the deficit. So I could have a meeting slated for that, and then I can have a meeting slated to accompany Maria, Ivan, or Amani to whatever meetings they're going to with administration and upper administration and stuff like that. Um, Or I'm just in the office working on an agenda for a meeting, or we're looking at you know, just the issues that we're working on constantly. So it really is a day-to-day difference, but for the most part, a day in the life looks like me going to the office and troubleshooting or problem solving and basically trying to be a catch-all for whatever comes up. Speaking of whatever comes up, can you tell us about what some of the challenges are being chief of staff? What what are the things you go into the office and see and you say, oh, shoot, it's going to be one of those days? Yeah, for sure. I think going in and, you know, I've had, I think the, the biggest issue so far is it's week three. So we're still not fully settled into our roles and stuff. So I have a lot of folks approaching me for a lot of issues that aren't necessarily under my wheelhouse, but I'm always happy to help. And that's just because there's like some people that we ran with on the campaign and I was the campaign manager. So they have that connection with me. And even though they're now not an exec and they're in like Senate or something, they still want to like come to me um, about stuff, which makes sense. And I'm always happy to help. So I, I sometimes I walk into the office and someone's like, oh, do you know, you know, like ACFC's budget from two years ago? And I'm like, no, I have no idea. And they're like, I really need it. And then, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll help you out. Go to the controllers, ask them to pull up a ledger and and whatnot. Or I walk into the office and someone's like, oh, like Senate, you know, they didn't get that thing passed about um, moving some money over from this account to that account. Like, can we talk about it? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So it's really, sometimes I walk into the office and I'm like, oh, it's fine. And sometimes I walk into the office and I have to wrangle 24 people to do stipend paperwork. You know, because we we want we need to get those done. So it totally depends. But yeah. 
on the flip side of that, what are some things that you've really enjoyed so far being chief of staff, some things that maybe even surprised you and that really keep you going when you feel like you really can't? Yeah, I actually really love going into the office lately um, just because we have our new folks in there all the time that we ran with, which is great seeing some new people in the office. But the office is like on fire. You know, you walk in and it's it's loud. People are chatting. People are getting to know each other, joking around. Like, it's been really fun to go into the office this year. And I really like the environment. And it's definitely great when I walk in and I see some of my favorite people in there. That definitely keeps me going. And I'm excited to see them and talk with them and joke around for a minute before we get to work. So it's definitely been a really nice environment this year and such a change from last year, too. You know, last year it felt very cold and professional and Maria's made a really strong effort to get some student art in there and to make it feel like a student space and I think that translates into everyone's attitude and just the way the environment feels it's really nice all right so you ran with the ducks together slate last year right correct I was wondering Tan if you could talk to us a little bit more about why you wanted to run with ducks together and be their chief of staff yeah um so i was actually asked to be the campaign manager for ducks together by maria gallegos who is now the current asuo president um so i actually knew maria and ivan since my first year here at the university of oregon uh, we did some organizing together for osberg um, and that's where i met them and uh, ivan really put together the idea for Ducks Together and then asked Maria to be president and Maria agreed and then they called me together on a little group call and asked me to be uh, the campaign manager for Ducks Together. So I just knew if people like Ivan and Maria were going to be involved in something, it was probably going to be successful and it was probably going to align with a lot of my values. They do really good work. They're organizers at heart. And so um, I, I definitely took the job right there on the spot. What was running a campaign like? What were some of the challenges that y'all faced along the way with that? That sounds like a really big job and really tough, you know? Yeah, I yeah, yeah, good question. Um, I will say that the campaign was by far the most challenging thing I've done related to ASUO work, and it's still the most challenging thing I've done Um in this kind of role so far uh what it was like it was stressful it was super super stressful uh i took it very seriously in order to be successful and um yeah it was a lot of work and it was long nights and it definitely became uh, my top priority very quickly but i definitely learned a lot but the challenges were that um Uh, We were having some issues with the other campaign as far as rules. And uh, it was frustrating because I was submitting, which I think he wrote about actually, a lot of grievances. So my job was really to make sure folks were at the table tabling, get that scheduled, make sure that nobody was, you know, breaking any rules and they were aware of the rules and then filing a whole bunch of grievances against the other campaign. Um, So that was my life. You know, I would get a tip from someone that the other slate had broken a rule and then I would have to dig and try and find some form of evidence because that's required for a grievance and then submit that grievance and then wait. 
So I think actually the hardest part of the campaign was the waiting. You know, the waiting to hear back from a grievance, the waiting for election day. It was it was a lot of waiting. What did the run up to election day feel like? That must have been very nerve wracking, especially with a um, months long campaign that y'all ran. Yeah, um, the run up to election day was intense for sure. We were in the middle of a lot of grievances, and also, you know, it's just it's just nerve wracking because you're putting in so much work into something. You want more than anything to win, but you don't want to get your hopes up too high. But you don't want to like doom yourself so it's a really hard balance to strike it feels like you're putting a lot of your own person out there and that feels really that looks really vulnerable yeah no i mean it is vulnerable for sure but like i wasn't even you know a public official being elected like i think i had it easier than maria or ivan or amani or the rest of our slate that we ran because those folks had their names on the ballot you know like i was i was doing a lot of the work um and i think more than anything i i wanted them to win you know that was their names and they were going to be the ones that were going to be the future senators and finance committee members and presidents and vice presidents so i wanted more than anything for everybody to win because they were putting in so much work as well so it was really nerve-wracking though i was very very nervous but also very excited you found that that y'all won shock having managed that entire campaign you know that must be feel that must have felt really rewarding yeah it really did feel rewarding um i think i was definitely in shock for a minute i was really cautious about believing the results for a minute and then when it sunk in i think i was relieved <laughs> um tired really tired but it was super rewarding and it was really nice you know to to see your work actually um, get something done, because that doesn't really happen in a lot of aspects of anyone's life. I don't think you know. There's a lot of barriers and and whatnot. So it was um, it was very rewarding, and I I would do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, and now you're the chief of staff for this group that you've worked so hard with. And this is just an aside, but I was just wondering if campaign managers usually became chief of staffs great question um yes i think for the most part yes um if they run a campaign the way that we did which was a very traditional kind of role like we all had very traditional roles um in the campaign season so i think if you run a campaign similarly to the way ducks together ran a campaign then yeah usually a campaign manager steps into that chief of staff role but that's in no way required um becky gervin who's the asuo advisor once we had won and we were kind of settling in uh, Maria requested me as her chief of staff, and I had to still fill out of an application and go through an interview process, which was somewhat comical. Um, but Becky Gervin was like, you know, you don't have to 
appoint Tan to this position. And Maria's like, no, like, we're going this route. So you don't have to become the chief of staff. Like, some folks are just really good at being campaign managers. Like, that's what they live for is running a campaign. Is that what you live for? You know, maybe. <laughs> Hard to say. <laughs> I would I would definitely do it again. But uh, I also really enjoy the chief of staff role as well because it has a little bit of the same aspects. But yeah, so not everybody does it, but I think it is fairly um, fairly common. Have you found that the same issues, the same challenges that you faced as the campaign manager for Ducks Together, have those challenges kind of rolled over into your time of chief of staff? Have you been say, have you been seeing the same kinds of issues and having to handle them in the same way? Does that make sense? Yeah, I would say no um, on on the continuity of those issues. Um, the issues of the campaign were just so specific to, you know, running a campaign. It was it was like, oh, the other group is breaking the rules or, oh, we don't have enough people at the table and we're running out of interest cards and we're all really, really tired. Um, and now the issues are much more um, intense and definitely different than I've dealt with um, ever in my life. And it's been such a learning experience uh, having a cabinet under us and then uh you know interacting with administration was not something we did during the campaign and it's now the majority of what we do so those interactions are uh are new and and definitely not something i'm used to navigating so it was it's definitely a different feel but i like the continuity of our group of folks because you know we've we've been together for a minute you know like me and maria and amani and ivan We've been working really closely for almost a year now, um, which is actually wild to think about. But yeah, it's been, I like that continuity that we know each other, we know our working styles, and we face these new challenges together. So I really like the continuity of our relationships. And now you have a year as chief of staff to kind of fulfill those campaign promises. How do you feel that's going, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the goal. Um, I think it's actually going pretty well. There's definitely been some some stuff that comes up, like with any plan, things change, life happens, things you can't predict um, come up and definitely demand our attention. But for the most part, we really try and keep our heads level and deal with one issue that might spring up and then refocus on, on what we ran on and what we're really trying to accomplish this year. And I know I, a year is really not that long, but I have some very, for some very decent faith that we can get some stuff done because we are all very um, hardworking and we're on the same page. Uh, we work well together, so I'm hopeful. I think that's a good note to end on, Tan. Tan, unfortunately, we're nearing the end of our time here, and I was just wondering if there was anything else that you wanted to add before we ended this. Um. Now, the only thing I'll add is that, uh, you know, if you're trying to get involved in something, um, ASUO is a great is a great organization to get involved with and you can make it what you want to make it and you can really um, impact the folks that you care about. Um, and it's it's great. And if you're interested in running a campaign, you know, and uh, want to know what that's like, I'm always available to talk to folks about that experience. All right, well, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate the time that we spent together here. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks for listening. That was our fourth episode of ASU O&U. 
Today, we talked about the ASUO Chief of Staff, and I'm Ryan Wynn, the podcast editor for the Daily Emerald and a former ASUO reporter. If you have a burning question about ASUO that you simply need to have answered, leave us a comment on SoundCloud or email news at dailyemerald.com. To hear more from the Emerald Podcast Network, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and you can listen to these episodes right on the Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Catch us next Monday, and thank you for listening to the Emerald Podcast Network.